If you guys could have a seat. Hey, it is good to see each and every one of you here this morning. If those of you I haven't met or may not know, I'm Chip. I'm the pastor here at River Hills. And we have a very special and a very different Sunday this morning. As you walked into our parking lot or maybe stood in our foyer, you smelled the wafting goodness of barbecue. Did you guys smell that? All right, we're going to eat that later, but I'm going to keep you in here as long as you can so you get really extra hungry, but thank you for bringing extra food, and if you didn't bring food this morning, this is your first or second time here, hey, it is a joy to have you. You are our guest. Stay here and eat. We've got plenty of food. Sound good to everybody? We're going to have an incredible Sunday, but it is very different. Uh, You just met Scott Dakin. He's one of our elders here at River Hills, and he told you about the Connect card there in your worship folder. We're going to have a lot of moving parts this morning, and you're blessed this morning because I'm not preaching. Does that sound good to everyone? All right. So thank you. Appreciate that. But what we want to do, and this is a, this is a high water Sunday for us, and I'm thankful that it's raining. I got up this morning, and thank God for that. Did you guys do that too? Did any of you guys roll back over and go back to sleep because it sounded so good? Anybody do that? All right. Don't do that in here. We have a metal roof. But uh, what we want to do this morning is basically four things. One, We want to share with you how God is working in our church. And we're going to have videos. We're going to have people from different departments in our church. You're going to hear from students. You're going to hear from kids. You're going to hear from elders. You're going to hear from all types of things that are happening in our church. And it is a day to celebrate. Are y'all good with that? This is our Thanksgiving feast. And we want to thank God for what he's done over the last nine years. Our story is really simple. My wife and I moved here from Louisiana, had four people in our home for a Bible study, went to the Winder YMCA, and now here we are. Does that sound good? We have a lot to celebrate. We've baptized more people this year so far than in any 12-month period of time in the history of our church. Is that cool? So it's something to celebrate. And so we're going to celebrate what God is doing. Uh, Like I said, you're going to hear from different aspects, our life groups. You're going to actually hear two testimonies from that. We're going to announce some new things that are happening in our church that you don't want to miss. But also, we want to share with you something we've never done before, but we think it's prudent for a church our age and our size to share with you our budget stuff for next year so you can begin to pray and plan. A lot of people ask questions about that. We want to be transparent and share with you how that works. Also, we want to introduce you to our elders. Scott Dakin just came up. He is rotating off in January, praise Jesus. And so... uh, We're going to be electing a new elder. You should be getting a letter in the mail this week or early next week detailing how to elect an elder if you are a member of River Hills Church. And so you're going to meet the other three in just a few moments. And then finally, this is my favorite part. At the end of the service, we're going to dream together. Are y'all good with that? We're going to dream big about what God will have us do over the next 18 months here at River Hills Church. We have been blessed beyond compare here at this facility and the people that are coming to Christ, the people are growing in their relationship with God, the people have come back to church. And so we're going to dream big about what God is leading us to do. And then we're going to announce all of our data from that in January and begin to pray hard about over the next 18 months, this is where God is directing us. And I want to give you a little parameter for that at the end of the service. But here's what I've learned a long time ago. Every morning and every day at your workday, do the most difficult thing first. Does that make sense? You're always more productive. So we're going to do the most difficult thing first, and we're going to talk about our budget. Does that sound good to you guys? And so, yay. Okay, so uh, <laughs> you have no idea how much I hate doing it, so I don't listen, all right? But uh, we want to share with you about some things because we have a lot of different aspects. A lot of times we walk into a church, and the last thing you want to hear about is about money. Agreed? Everybody say yes. Okay. But it takes finances to operate what happens here. And we try to use every penny 
to leverage the gospel to share Christ with people. And that falls into a budget paradigm in which we fall right in line with every other church in America. Basically, our budget is five things. And we'll throw this up here. 48% of our budget equals salaries. Uh, that is always the largest line item. Some of you are like, whoa, that's unbelievable. But I would challenge you to find any other corporate organization that only has 48% going towards salaries. We have some wonderful staff members. We have six staff members in all. Right now, our Hispanic church is meeting right behind us, and they are having a fantastic run right now. Uh, they started with about five to ten people, and now they're up to 20, and they're hoping for 30 to 35. Is that cool? And so that encompasses that. Uh, we have... Carrie Nye, our connections minister. We have Travis who leads worship and he programs everything. Quint Marinuk is our student minister. Justin and Samantha Stroop run kids ministries. Alyssa Carey is our admin. And then I'm your pastor. And so that's how that thing works. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. We have the hardest working people here at River Hills Church that you've ever seen. Uh, and they do a fantastic job week in and week out. The other thing is 10% of our budget goes to building utilities and maintenance. And so to turn on the lights, to turn on the power, to turn on the water, to turn on the gas, and to maintain things, pest control. That fits into that category. Another one is missions. Our commitment this year, and this was not going to happen this year, but after meeting with our elders and our finance team this year, our finance team plans the budget, our elders approve the budget, and they came back and said, look, as a church, we ask people to give 10% of their money and what they bring into their income to the body of Christ to express the gospel. And we want to take 10% of what we bring in and express the gospel to other places other than just this facility. So we're committing to give 10% to the mission field and evangelism this year. Does that sound good to you guys? That is a big deal. And we've never been able to do that before to the degree we're looking at as far as number value. We've all, we've done 10% before, but as far as number value, we've been able to do that. 20% goes to operation and ministries. That goes from stamps all the way to what happens in our student ministry to buy pizza. That's where it ends. And then we're in an area because of this, 20% goes to debt reduction. And I'm going to explain that a little further. There is no church in America. Typically, you'll find every now and then, but because we... Let me tell you a quick story, and I've only got a few minutes. But Sarah Beth and I came to, came to Winder area to plant a church in 2007. Three months after we started River Hills, the Great Recession started. It was awful. <laughs> and so in order to save the money to get into a building one day with the number of people we had in advance, we had to take out loans, whether to buy a chair or to buy a building. And so we're we are aggressively pursuing to remedy that because we teach that in our financial seminars. And as a church, we want to be faithful to that. But it takes resources that we didn't have to buy a facility. We're going to talk about that in just a second. So a couple of things with our budget. Our budget this year is $351,000, which equals about $6,751 a week. That sounds like an astronomical number for some of us, but in actuality, with a church of four to 500 people like you and I, our budget should be about $450,000. And so what we do is we operate on a shoestring, day in and day out. And so what I'm asking you to do in just a few moments is to pray about how you exceed that number. My prayer has been for the, since June, along with our elders, that we become a church that brings in $600,000 in receipts. That will exhaust budget, that will exhaust debt, that will exhaust what we have to do as far as paying off things, paving parking lots. But here's the most important part. We get to move that 10% number up to 15%. Is that cool? And so we give faithfully. That kind of stuff happens. So that's our budget this year. I want to talk about our debt just for a few moments. It works out this way. $600,000 is our building. Our building is worth $850,000, so we got a good deal there. Does that sound good? We have equity almost immediately. When we met with our architect to 
began to plan how to build River Hills Church, he said it would take $1.5 to $2 million to build this building if we started with just a piece of dirt. So God has blessed us in this area. We've been good stewards. We also had to take out loans to buy equipment. If you'll notice, look at the chairs you're sitting in. Aren't they wonderful? (laughs) We could be sitting on the floor, but Moses also these HVAC uh, piping and everything that you see, speakers, sound equipment, everything costs money, and we'll exhaust that $18,000 in the next 18 months. It will be gone. We also had to take out consumer debt, which was $15,000, which had to go on a credit card. Simply because of this, guys, we had to buy equipment for nurseries. We had to buy equipment for software. We had to buy lights. We had to buy... Uh, anything you can imagine because we were a church that were mo- was mobile. And so here's my communication and the part of this whole process to you guys is if, if you give faithfully, thank you. If you don't, my encouragement to you is help us exhaust this, help us provide ministry to other people because the more we pay off this, the more ministry we get to do. Does that sound good? Step up a little bit, step up some more if God is leading you to do that so that we can leverage the gospel and doing those things. Here's how we take up offering. This is brand new for us. We'll throw this up on the screen. We just started this this month, but there are five ways to give here at River Hills. First of all, in just a few moments, we're going to pass out some offering baskets, and you give your money there. Second thing is I encourage everyone in this room who is on a salary, and you know what, you're going to get paid every month, but sometimes you forget to pay. I do the same thing. I don't know when I write checks. You can go online to our website. It says give. Click that button. It goes to a what's called push pay website. It connects directly to our checking accounts here at River Hills, and you can set up a recurring gift into where you never have to think about it again, just like your gym membership. We also do something called text to give. So if you're in your seat right now, you can text number 77977, and then in the message, put church at RH. You'll immediately get a message back. There's a link. You click that, and you can give right there. A lot of people are doing that. We go online as well at churchatriverhills.com. But here's the coolest thing we've got going, and you also do it with mail, and there is an envelope in your worship folder. Here's something cool. Everybody get your smartphone out, okay? Do this. Everybody's got one. All right? Go to the app store, and here's what I want you to do. This is so cool. I'm so fired up about this, all right? We're like Weather Channel now, all right? Here's the deal. Type in River Hills Church. You'll see our logo. You know what that looks like. It's the river going through the hills. Download that to your iPhone, and you will have access to our website, to a Connect card. If you have a Connect card in your worship folder, you can do that. You also have access to our giving kiosk, and you'll have access to our podcast. Does that sound good to you guys? And you can put that on your phone. It is not 100% built out in some areas, but in the important areas it is. So put that on your iPhone. You'll be able to set it for updates and notifications as well. But that comes along with our giving system. Does that sound good to everybody? Is that cool or what? All right. And so we want to do the hardest thing first. And we'll mention three other things. Some of you are very new to River Hills Church. And as you walk out the door, you'll see something that looks like a thermometer. We are finalizing and finishing up a capital campaign that's last for the last two and a half years called Pave the Way. It was to make building improvements here and to pave our parking lot. We are $48,000 away to finishing this bad boy. So let's get this done. Does that sound good? And you'll see how this moves up. And here's what we challenge people to do is you give an offering and give a little bit more towards Pave the Way. And you write that in your memo or on the website. There are places to put it in there, and we'll put that into that account. As well as on Christmas Eve as, and on December 18th, we will be taking up a special Christmas offering. That Christmas offering focuses on two or three things. One, to help eliminate some of our debt. Two, 
to pave the way. That's where most of it's going to go. And three, we give a huge check at the end of every year to international missions. And so as you pray about what's going to happen on Christmas Eve and on December 18th, we're asking people to finish strong. And that's the name of that little offering that we're going to be taking up there. All right, that's the hard thing we're going to talk about. That's our business this morning. But we're going to finish this rest of the service with some cool and exciting things that's going on. And I want to encourage you, as you are led in the financial direction to help support the ministries at River Hills, give faithfully, give obediently, give sacrificially, depending upon God. That's what we do every week here at River Hills. So thank you in advance for your continued faithfulness in doing that. I want to introduce you to one of my good friends. I, I consider all you guys my friends, and as a, we have a fantastic elder board. But I want to introduce you to Rob Marshall. If you hadn't met Rob, Rob's going to come and share a brief testimony before I take up our offering. So y'all give it up for Rob, one of our elders here at River Hills. Good morning. I'm Rob, and uh, I am the eldest elder. So, Scott, that means you need to give me a little bit more respect there, buddy. Uh, today, I wanted to talk about what you're making plans for. What are you preparing for in life? Um, I think most of us are getting ready to plan for the holidays, prepare for our holidays. We've got Thanksgiving coming up, so you're, you're planning what you're going to have for Thanksgiving. You're planning uh, where you're going to go, making all your travel plans, trying to figure out how you're going to deal with that weird uncle that uh, Chip says we all seem to have. Uh, I sometimes think he's the weird uncle. Um, how many of you are already starting to plan for your Friday, your Black Friday shopping trip? Planning for your, your Christmas. I know some of the flyers are going to start coming out soon. You're going to start planning for that. Uh, some of us are at an age that we're starting to uh, make plans for our retirement, what we're going to do. We got a lot of our youth here that are starting to think about what they're going to do after graduation, going on to college and careers. We're planning for a lot of things in this life, but sometimes we don't stop and plan for what comes after that. I know a lot of you guys know the tragedy that my family has faced in the last several weeks with the death of our son Benjamin. In a moment, our hearts were shattered and our lives changed forever. That was not any plan I had ever conceived. We never plan for death, especially our children. We always plan for life because that's all we can see. In the days since his death, I have uh, spent a good bit of time trying to make sense of everything. All the questions that are in my head, trying to, trying to bring them to where I can understand what, uh, what it's all about. And I remember a conversation that I had with Chip and a couple of the other men very early in that process, and I said, I wasn't prepared to handle this. How do I, as a man, lead my family through this? The response was not some deep, philosophical, religious, complicated answer. It was very simple. They looked at me and said, man, that's why we're here. That simple. That's why we're here. Without... 
even realizing it and not realizing it was a plan that would prepare us for something so incredibly tragic and difficult. My wife and I had decided to become part of a life group, to become part of the men's ministry, to have our kids involved in the youth and the children's ministry. To be a part of the community of Christ in this church. It took me over an hour to get home from work that day and rush hour traffic from Stone Mountain when I had received that phone call from my wife. To say it was an agonizing hour would be an understatement. But what I found out later was moments after the 911 call was placed, one of the men from our life group was standing there with my family to begin helping them through this. By the time I arrived home, there was barely any places to park on the street, and I pulled in the driveway, and I was met by two godly men who wrapped their arms around me and kept me from falling apart. There were godly women there who wrapped their arms around my wife and my kids and kept them from falling apart as we dealt that evening with this incredible mess that we faced. A month later, they're still walking with us. That's why we're here. That is why we're here. We can plan to go Black Friday shopping. How many of those people standing in line are going to be there for you on a day like that? You can make all the plans you want. How many people are going to be there for you? We found out what it's worth. I have family here, and they were there for me. My personal family, my wife's family. But it was the church family who came and stood by us, that prayed with us, that gave us so much, and continue to give so much. So as we're talking about the different programs that we have here at our church, I want you to be considering the commitment that it takes because it's not just a program. It's not a place to come and dump your kids. This is where you gain life. That's why we call it life groups. This is life. This is what is going to get you through. This is how you plan for those moments that you can't ever conceive of. Thank you. I'm gonna, uh, we're going to take up a quick offering, and during this offering time, uh, I want to ask you to do two things. One, give faithfully, but the other one, hold on to your Connect card. Does that sound good? Take that Connect card. We'll turn those in at the end of the service, and please take a moment and fill those out. But during this time, we have a video we want to show you. Our women have a ministry called Real Women, and uh, we want to share. The, I'm going to go ahead and warn you, the video is shorter than it's going to take to be able to take up the offering because if all of you are here this morning, we expected that, and then we'll scroll some announcements. But I want to pray for us and ask God to bless this, and you guys direct your attention to the screens. Let's pray together. Father, we love you and honor you, and ask God that you would allow us to do life together. 
in a way that honors you, glorifies you, works in our own lives, and strengthens us to follow you. Put people in our life that when things do fall apart, they hold us up. Hold us together. Use this church. Use this offering. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. You guys remain seated and hold on to your Connect card. Hey, my name is Carrie Nye, and I'm the Connections Minister here at River Hills. Part of my responsibilities as Connections Minister is coordinating our women's ministry. And um, Real Women is a fairly new ministry of River Hills, so I'd like to share just a little bit about it with you. Like I said, the ministry is called Real Women, and we use an acronym, R-E-A-L, to remind us of our focus on relationships, encouragement, accountability, and laughter. Those four things really encompass um, our vision and what we want to see through this ministry, which is really just creating a safe space for women of all ages and all life stages to come together to build relationships with one another and grow closer to God. We currently have two ongoing monthly events that we participate in. Uh, the first one occurs on the second Monday of each month. We meet at 6 p.m. at Friends and Winder and have dinner together. And then we carpool over to Southside Church in Athens for their uh, women's worship night, which they call the Well. Um, the Well starts at 7.30, so if you can't make it to dinner, you're more than welcome to meet us there. And then we also have another gathering on the fourth Wednesday of each month here at River Hills. Um, this is just a very informal time of fellowship and Bible study together with women here. And that meets from 6.30 to 8 p.m. again on the fourth Wednesday of each month. Um, we are also planning on hosting the IF Gathering again in the spring of 2017. We did this for the first time last year and we had a great turnout. Everybody really enjoyed it, so we're looking forward to doing that again. As soon as we have dates, those will be published. Um, we do have a Facebook page where we publish all of these events and reminders. That is RHC Women. And we also have a newsletter that's posted in the lobby. Um, we would love to have you join us for any or all of these events. If you have any questions, you can email me at carrie at church at riverhills.com. should say good morning y'all so Scott understand what I'm saying I'm going to speak just a few minutes about our Ironman ministry that we do twice a month on the first and third Wednesdays I had all this prepared statement to do but uh, let me just say it this way as iron sharpens iron so one person sharpens another I think Rob who's one of our leaders in Ironman just came up here and sharpened us pretty hard this morning did he not yes I'm honored to represent our Iron Men's ministry today to talk a few minutes about the importance of the men sharpening men. For over nine months, we've been doing this, twice a month, and I've watched men get out of their comfort zone and talk very passionately, or should I say very manly, about the need of Christ in their lives today. Honestly, it's been very humbling to see that. Our ministry firmly believes that men must, now more than ever, step up, and into their faith with God, and take a leading role, and live as God has instructed us to do so, becoming better Christian leaders at home, in our community, and in this very church. Uh, 
We've had special guests come in and talk to us. Uh, we've had some excellent hamburgers and hot dogs. Uh, we've had even some catered dinners where we've had special guests come in from everybody from Representative Terry England to uh, Sheriff Judd Smith come in and talk to us about the importance of having Christ and their relationship with Christ and their everyday jobs. That's very important to each and every one of us. Um, we've even had our own members come in, leadership members and uh, others come in and give some, I wouldn't say complete testimony, but roundtable discussions about the importance of stepping out of their comfort zone uh, and, and living as Christ has instructed us to. It's been very humbling to watch. Actually, it's a living lesson on men sharpening men in Christ. So I guess we get to that point, as you see the flowers up on the... We get to that point where I need to talk about the ministry myself and why I need it. I need it to be sharpened as to how to pray, uh, whether it was with my family, uh, with uh, different groups of co-workers, or with others, or in front of you guys. Uh, I had to be taught, as the disciples had to be taught, to get out of my comfort zone uh, and start uh, going different from our human needs to understand the big picture of what God has in store for me and how to be a man or exactly how to be God's man. And that's a big deal. Currently, our men are studying um, a couple of things, how to be God's man and our 12 ordinary men. It's a good program that we're working on. So we went into the uh, ordinary men with a simple question. What was a pretty big question? Why these 12? And who are these 12 disciples? Whose backgrounds were fishermen, uh, tax collectors. And how did each one of them have difficulties in their training that Jesus was preparing them for? Uh, I can assure you they lacked spiritual understanding, humility, faith, commitment, and power. Does that sound familiar? These 12 only had 18 months to train for the monumental task that they were called for. There was no second string for these disciples, no backup players, no plan B. This was the work of God alone, and he deserves all the praise and glory. Amen? Amen. Um, one thing that opened my eyes and had a wild moment for me, and the reason I'm so pumped up about this Ironman ministry is a year or so ago, uh, Pastor Chip was uh, teaching us in a sermon and uh, reminded us of six, Matthew 16, 23, and it hit me like a brick. Jesus was explaining to the disciples that he would go to Jerusalem and uh, face many things and suffer many things. And the leader, one of the leaders, Peter, the future leader of the church in the rock took him aside and rebuked him of all this and said, this is not going to happen. This can't come to pass. And the simple phrase is what Jesus repeated to Peter was, get behind me, Satan. You are stumbling block. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely of human concerns. It's a big statement. And iron men try to live by that. They try to come back here and do his godly things. <clears throat> so it made it very clear to me after going to church, from this small to senior to everybody that's already been up here, I missed the point just a little bit. And that's okay to miss the point, okay? That's okay. You can find groups. 
life groups, small groups, whatever groups. I found our ministry. I love it. I have to have it. I have to have that group. It helps me understand where I need to be and to make me a stronger Christian leader for my family, the community, my co-workers, and my friends. So, yes, I need the iron ministry so I can walk with faith. Uh, look, we have a lot. If you're in iron ministry, you've attended, you've come, raise your hand. Just raise your hand real quick so everybody can see that we are together. We are here. I'm proud of each and every one of them. They have sharpened me, like Rob came up here and sharpened all of us earlier. They've sharpened me every time I get in a meeting room with them. And it's something I've got to have and want to continue to have. They're smart guys in our ministry. They help each of us, guide each of us through life uh, to get a clear understanding of the relationship we need with Jesus. Look, it was difficult for Peter to see it. I need to be strengthened in Christ, study how I can develop myself, help my family, help others, and help everybody I love uh, through faith. Uh, I'd like to encourage uh, and support everybody, uh, all the men in the church to come out, visit with us first and third. Uh, sometimes, like I said, there's excellent hamburgers and hot dogs. Uh, sometimes there's uh, events where we bring food in, and it's really great. But let me leave you with these two questions before I walk off. If God can use fishermen and tax collectors to change the world, can he use you? For what leadership role is Jesus training you for? Something we should always ask ourselves. So I want a short prayer. So can you all stand real quick? Because Chip's got me under a time here. Just real quick. All right, let us pray. God, we love you. We ask for your guidance as we walk in your light through our Iron Man ministry and guide us to become true men of yours. Watch over us as we sharpen each other for your service. Amen. Thank you. Be seated. It's awkward. Okay, sorry. Hey, I, my name is Jack McDaniels. I'm a senior at Winderboro High School, and I've been coming to Merge for about four years now. I first came to Merge because I was invited a bunch of times, and like I was reluctant to come at first because I didn't really know any part, anyone that came here other than the one person that invited me. But finally, I gave in and came. I decided to keep coming back to March because it was just a, it was a very welcoming environment. It just felt very real and it it just felt like where I should be. I really like that Merge is such a it's an open group. Like there, it's not closed off into cliques. There of course there are the different friend groups, but it's very open and welcoming to everyone, anyone that walks through the doors. And it's also just a very spiritually rich environment where I feel like I can really grow and progress in my faith. It's given me godly leaders and mentors that I can look up to and follow and ask for advice on any situation that I'm going through through life. And it's also given me fellowship to go through, like to have and like the Bible says, like iron sharpens iron as one man sharpens another. It's just that exact situation where the friendships and fellowship have helped me progress in my faith.
All right, good morning. My name is Quint. I'm the student minister here at River Hills Church, and I'm beginning to hear a theme about the iron sharpening iron, aren't y'all? All right, it's good stuff, though. Um, so Chip, for the past couple of weeks, has kind of been encouraging us to, uh, as staff members, to kind of be thinking about our vision, um, where we want to see our, our ministry departments going in the next 18 months. Um, so I'm going to kind of share a little bit about where we've been um, and then where we're going to go as a student ministry, and hopefully that'll encourage some of you guys, potential leaders in this room, to kind of step up. And if you're a student in this room, or you know students that aren't a part of Merge, hopefully they'll get involved a little bit more. So I've been here for a little over two years, so I'm just going to talk about those two years that I've been here, just because that's the only thing that I can talk about, <laughs> all right? So when we started... Um, there were about 20 students kind of that were regulars that would come here and there. Um, but now we have over 60 that are regular, regularly attending students. And that'll be like any month period. Um, I know not everybody's going to be here uh, each and every week. Um, just like you guys aren't here each and every week. Like it's just the nature of things. Uh, sports comes up. Uh, different events happen at school. So we have about over 60 students that are regularly attending now. And over these past two years, I've seen students step out in huge ways. They've had incredible spiritual growth. We've baptized so many students. We've seen students step from death to life, accepting Christ as their Lord and Savior. And it's been incredible to be a part of that. So we've seen all this stuff taking place. And I've seen students taking huge leaps in their faith. Um, you saw Jack that was up there on the screen. Uh, he's been coming. He started a little bit after I came on board here. And he has just done incredible things. We've have, we have a student leadership group that's actually high school students that work with and serve our middle school students. So they'll come Wednesday nights and actually serve, lead in small groups, and just take huge steps of faith to kind of get out there and encourage these middle school students. Whenever there's a new middle school student, they're always involved. Um, they're always stepping out of their comfort zone, encouraging them, welcoming them, and that's just kind of been something that I've seen throughout the whole student ministry. So that's where we've been. Um, where we're going the next 18 months, uh, just kind of casting some vision out there. Um, it's my first time, so just kind of bear with me. Uh, <laughs> so what, what I see happening is if this growth in, continues to grow, um, we're going to be busting out of that small room. I don't know if any of y'all have actually been back there to our student room. It holds a good bit, probably about 50, 60, maybe even 70 students. I would love to pack that room out, but I would also love to knock down that middle wall that's dividing there, um, be able to change our stage, build it out even bigger, um, make it more excellent. Um, but no amount of excellence or growth is going to keep students coming back. So the next part that I kind of see uh, Merge Student Ministry becoming better at is strengthening our culture of hospitality. We already have an incredible student body who are welcoming to new students. Um, we've got awesome small group leaders that actually engage in the students' lives outside of the church. They're, they're meeting up with them um, throughout the week. If they've got any problems, they're praying with them, calling them, texting them, making sure that the students feel welcome here. So I want to encourage that, that growth of that uh, culture of hospitality. So that's going to be something that we continue to dive into. And then finally, I would love to continue to develop a culture of open-handedness. Now, this is not just finances. I would love to see our students uh, begin to tie to the church and maybe that tithe actually becomes a part of our student ministry budget um, so that we don't have to rely on, it, on you adults. I, they moach off you guys enough, right? So 
but I want this culture of open-handedness to flow into their schools, to become something that they do each and every day at school. It's not just, you know, we show up Sunday nights when we meet, Wednesday nights when, when middle school meets, but it's something that they're encouraged to do each and every day in school, to share the gospel of Christ with students, um, have our culture um, of our student ministry be made up of different cultures, different ethnicities, different people groups, um, so that we can just be a representation of the actual body of Christ. All right? So that's where I see us going in the next 18 months. If you're interested in getting involved, go ahead and fill that out on the Connect cards um, or come talk to me. So thank you. I, I love Kids Cove because we get to let Lucy go crazy at Kids Camp and just doing service. I love Kids Cove because at every single service there's enough time to worship God, play games, and have fun with your friends all at the same time. I help out in Kids Cove for a couple of reasons. First is because I love children. And the second reason that I help out is because I have children of my own and I want them to be able to be in a children's ministry that um, they know that they are loved and that they get to learn that Jesus loves them each and every week. And the third reason that I help out in children's ministry is because I want parents to be able to go into their worship service and have no distractions. They know that their children are being taken care of and their children are learning about Jesus and they are in a safe environment so that parents can focus on their relationship with the Lord and grow in Him and then the families together can grow in their relationship with the Lord. That's why I help out in children's ministry. That's awesome. How many of you guys like kids? Raise your hand. You parents better raise your hands. That'd be awkward if you didn't. But listen, raise your hand if you've ever ever uh, served in the kids ministry anywhere didn't matter here anywhere I bet you guys have a very similar testimony to that whenever you serve kids whenever you minister to them there's something very gratifying about seeing the kids seeing that that light bulb click when they understand they get it they understand Jesus's love for them and they're like what, me me that's awesome and there's something that not only ministers to them, but it ministers to you as well. We back in Kids Cove, you know, since, since Sam and I have started back in February, it's been a whirlwind to see all the different changes and all the blessings that uh, God has, has uh, placed on this church and just allowed us to be able to uh, do through the kids' ministry. But that cannot happen without you guys. We, Sam and I, I mean, we, we tell people, people ask us all the time, when are you guys going to have kids? When are you I got about a hundred of them every single Sunday morning. How about you? I mean, it's 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 like that. We love these kids so much, but we cannot do it on our own. And I am so thankful for all of you who have volunteered back there, who have taken your time and have ministered to the kids. And I'm sure a lot of you guys can say the same thing. Whenever you see that light bulb click in a kid's mind, you see that that the eyes widen and, and that they understand the love of Jesus and they get what it what the gospel is. It's so amazing. And I don't want any of you guys to miss out on that. So our vision, uh, we, basically we just want there to be an awesome environment where kids can learn and grow in Jesus in a safe and fun environment. 
and we want each and every one of you guys to be a part of that. If you guys like kids, if you guys want to serve in kids' ministry, just fill that out in your Connect card, and we would love to give you a call, email, get a hold of you, and, and get you in there, because that is so important. The kids are not the future, guys. They're not the future church. They're the church now. And I want each and every, guys, each and every one of you guys to understand these kids need Jesus. They need love. They may be the only Jesus. You guys may be the only Jesus that they see. I, I know you're hungry. Uh, I want to remind you that we started 10 minutes late. So, <laughs> um, hey, if you have your Bible, Ephesians 3.20. If you're not, we're going to throw it up on the screen really quickly. I also want to encourage you, you have a Connect card that you were given, and on the back of that is where you can sign up to volunteer different things. We need you in student ministry, kids' ministry, we need you greeting, uh, we want to see you in a life group, and so I, I want to point out a couple of things as you turn there. First of all, everyone in this room should sign up for a life group. You need to have a community of people. Rob did a fantastic job articulating the need for a life group, agreed? And you need a life group. Now, I've always told you, things are going to happen in life. You need those people around you to surround you when those things happen. And so please take a few moments and say, I'm interested in a life group. There's an insert in your worship folder. I also want to remind you of two other things that we do here at River Hills Church to help you grow in your spirituality. One is a newcomer's luncheon, and it tells you all the ins and outs about our church, how to come to Christ, why you should get baptized, what does communion mean. Also, the vision of our church. It is necessary for anyone to be a member of River Hills Church to go through this luncheon. And so we have our next one on November 20th. If you're interested, you can sign up on your Connect card, either by checking a box or putting in the prayer request line, I want to go to the newcomer's luncheon. And so please do that. But also, we have something to call Next Steps. Next Steps is something that I'm really passionate about because one of the things I didn't learn as a kid and as a high school student, not because my parents didn't pour it into me, but because I didn't listen, was simply, I don't know if you ever had that problem, but... Uh, how do you read your Bible? How do you pray? How do you grow spiritually uh, on your own? Listen, if the only Jesus you get is 22 Sundays a month here at, at church, that's not going to be enough. You need to be growing personally on your own and understanding how to navigate through Scripture. And this teaches you how to do that. It, it goes four weeks, and then it starts over another four weeks, and then another four weeks, another four weeks. So if you miss a week, you can catch it again during the next session. Make sense? You can sign up there on your Connect card, either by writing in your uh, prayer request line or checking a box. We want you to be a part of that. It's at 9.30 on Sunday mornings. That way, if you have kids, you can drop them in our Kids Connection time, or I'm sorry, our Kids Cove during the 9.30 service. Sounds good to everybody? What I want to do for like five minutes, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 says this, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. Leave that on the screen. First of all, this is a prayer that the Apostle Paul is praying, and he's praising God, and he's saying this in the book of Ephesians. Now to him who is able, in that next verse, in verse 21, says, may he be glorified. He's saying, may God be big in your life and be glorified in your life because he is able to do more than you can possibly imagine. I love that because the reality is many of us have a tiny God, do we not? Just be real. But we don't see or encompass in our brain cells the entirety of who God is, that he is a God who brings oxygen to a planet. He knows what's on the other side of Pluto. He knows the molecular structure of a platypus. He is big, all right? He's huge. And in a church context here at River Hills, 
One of the prayers that we've been praying for nine years and what we're praying for the next nine years is for him to do abundantly more than we can imagine. Many times we think that success in what we imagine is dictated or determined or is evidence in numerical growth. And while that proportionally is true, spiritual growth is much more important. And what I want to see happen in your life and in my own life personally is for you to make much of God but to know more about God because He is at work within you. And I think you've seen evidence here today that He's at work in our church, right? We started River Hills on September 9th, 2007 in the aerobics room at the Winder YMCA. It smelled. We had one screen, a laptop computer that continued to crash, one speaker, three rows of chairs. If you remember back in the old days, if you ever joined us at the YMCA, like these curtains hanging over one of our loading dock doors, we had, were able to afford about 20 feet of it. We put it across mirrors so people couldn't look at themselves, but I had to stare at myself while I preached. It was uncomfortable and awkward to say the least. But God has done abundantly more than we could ever imagine because nine years later, look at where we are. Isn't that cool? God wants to do more. When we started River Hills, Sarah Beth and I moved from Louisiana with eight-week-old Caroline, sold a house and bought a house in two days, and a three-year-old. I do not encourage you to do that. Miraculously, my marriage survived, and God started a church. But over the last few years, as we moved into facility and grown, and I've gone from a position of being what we call a church planner to a pastor, my mentality has had to change you have had to change, and our church culturally has changed. What we've learned is in the metro Atlanta area and really across America, churches are built to do one thing, for people to come and see what is going on, right? Whether it's the next great band, next great communicator, next great children's ministry, student ministry, whatever. And that's good, right? I want you to come and have a great experience. I want to give the, you the best message, best sermon I can give you. Our worship team wants to sing for Christ better than you can imagine. Our work, everybody in this church works really hard to provide excellence. And we don't measure up to that all the time. If you've been here more than 10 minutes, you've heard me preach, right? But I think the biblical value in come and see is much more expressed when we go and tell. We reach more people. And my passion is to see you know Jesus to see other people know Christ, and I'm just going to be very blunt, so they don't go to hell and they experience heaven. That's it, right? We're going to see more of that when we go and tell. And so over the last eight to nine months in my own brain, I have been wrestling, well, what is next for River Hills Church? For me, it has been the ebb and flow of a roller coaster for some days I can't wait to charge hell with a water pistol to the next day I'm getting my resume updated because I don't know if I can do this anymore. But what God has begun to birth in me and our elders, and our staff, is something that I think is very profound for the next 18 months and really for the next nine years. When we started River Hills Church, we had to go and tell because nobody's going to come and see an aerobics room, right? <laughs> we had to be engaged. I see Jason Draper and so many others sitting in this room that we go and tell, and you guys came, right? I saw many people in this room come to Christ through these activities and ministries that we did. And so as we become a come and see church versus a go and tell church, my next challenge, and I think the vision God is chasing us to become is this. I think God is calling us to become and. 
And what I mean by that, to come and see and go and tell. Y'all with me? One of the things we prayed for nine years ago, and I I wrote this down on a notepad. I thought I was ready this morning praying through all this. I was like, no, I'm not. This is some things we wanted to see happen, and some of them have happened, and this is a celebration this morning, but I want to cast vision for our future. You know, we had dreamed of having a facility to where every minute of every day we leverage this for the gospel, whether it be a GED program for someone who didn't get their high school diploma, whether it be an addiction program for someone who's gotten himself into a mess, whether it be a Mother's Day Out program, whatever it may be, but a ministry to where we build a warehouse on purpose because warehouses are hard to break. And number two, we want to see people come to Christ through every square foot, every pipe we laid for water and every wire we put down for electricity, we want to leverage that to see Jesus here. And I'm going to be honest with you, almost every day of the week something is happening, whether it be our ESL ministry, whether it be going, something going on with student ministry, whether it be women's ministry, men's ministry, guys, we have to go and tell. We have dreamed about starting a church on every continent in the United States. The United States is one continent and country, that's stupid. Every continent in the world. Even Antarctica, we will minister to penguins, you know. <laughs> so far right now, we have had the incredible opportunity. Listen to this, guys. River Hills Church has left its mark in South America, the Caribbean and Haiti, Africa, Europe, India. Is that cool? Let's go and tell. To start churches and to see these indigenous people groups lead themselves and not depend upon us Americans. That's what I want to see. I want to see a church that, hey, one of our dreams is one day we could build a cafe into this facility so that people can bring their friends and their coworkers to eat lunch here so we can introduce them to Jesus. How cool would that be? One of our dreams is as people have a baby in Barra County and we find out about it, they might not go to our church, we send them a gift card or a basket to say, congratulations, River Hills is praying for you. Or if someone loses a family member, we're able to send a card saying, you don't know us, but we've prayed for you today. As we continue to pray and dream about what God would have us do, there are so many marginalized in our community is that we get to express hope to them and see a church that's ethnically, racially, and socioeconomically diverse. Because when we get to heaven, it's going to be diverse, y'all. And to see that kind of thing happen. And we've been able to make inroads in different places within our community and share the gospel here to where we're a church that has six-figure salaries and church that has a place where we have to have assistance in order to make ends meet. That's the beauty of this church. More than that, I want to see us in every school. And when there's a tragedy, when there is something that they need, they come to River Hills and say, help us. Guys, you brought a grocery bag full of Thanksgiving food today. I'm going to be sitting with the social workers from Bear County School System on Thursday, handing them to families who need the help. Go and tell. To meet with business leaders, to be ethnically diverse, and to be an and church. To where we do excellence on Sunday in our ministries, but you start a group at home with people that don't know Jesus, and you invite them. We're going to be launching, and you don't even know this yet, five groups in 2017 that are uniquely and specifically tasked to reach people who don't go to church. They're going to be having life group. The leaders are going to be sharing Jesus, and we're praying for adults to know Christ. Is that cool? We want to be go and tell. 
So what does and look like for us in the next 18 months? And this is where I want your help. I believe God is calling us to dream big, to do, let's throw that scripture up on the screen, to be abundantly more than we can ever imagine. What is your dream for our church? What do you want to see happen? Where is God leading you to serve, to minister, to work in people's lives and to see people come to Christ and to see your own life grow? I believe we see this in three phases, just really quickly. A church that, and it's, I, like, I like same letter stuff, a church that gives, a church that is going, and a church that grows. A church that gives way more than 10% to missions, but a church that gives out of generosity individually, but a church that gives generously with no strings attached as we do ministry in our community. A church that grows, not just numerically, but to see every person growing in your relationship with Christ, digging deeper into God's word as your foundational element. Our mission statement is to bring truth and people together, right? To know that truth, to grow in that truth, to tell others about that truth so that they might know that truth. But to also grow relationally, some of you have been attending River Hills Church, and I'm going to be honest with you, you don't know anybody, but you keep coming, and I'm so glad you are here. And my encouragement to you is drop drop into a life group, get to know someone. Some of you have been attending River Hills Church for years, and you've only spoken to the people that you know. Shame on us. Meet others. A church that grows relationally, spiritually, numerically, but a church that is going as well. A church that goes across the street, a church that goes to Haiti, a church that goes to Atlanta, a church that goes, God needed it in Alabama, they know they need it. (laughs) A church that goes to Canada, (laughs) a church that goes. What are your dreams? What we're going to do right now is I'm going to talk for a moment and our ushers are going to come down and pass out some cards, okay guys? What I want you to do is you take a card, and if we can get one per family, we might have enough for everyone in the room. It's just a little postcard, and this is what it's going to say. It said, I dream of a church that is giving by doing this, growing by doing this, and going by doing this. Those cards are going to come in just a moment, but here's my assignment for you. You can do this in one of two ways. You can fill that out in your seat, and I hope you do. And at the end of the service, y'all bring those cards on down and start passing them out, guys. Uh, if y'all can come on down and start passing them out. What I'd ask you to do, there's pens there. You can write them down and we drop them in the Connect card basket in a few moments, and we'll lead you on how to do that. There's also an address on the back. Throw a stamp on it and mail it back to us. And here's what's going to happen. Elders and staff and key leaders of the church are going to collect all this data. We're going to see what your dream is because one of the things that I truly, truly believe in is in First Peter He talks about there is a priesthood of believers, meaning if you know Jesus, you have an opportunity to be able to express what you think God needs to have done in your own life and the life of those that you're around. And so as a believer, we want to hear your dreams. We want to hear what you're dreaming about in the life of our church. And we want to come together and come in sync together in the next 18 months and announce this in January and say this is where we're going, whether it be to relinquish debt, whether it be to grow more numerically or go to another place. We're going to take all this data and collect it together, pray over it and say this is where God is going. Because as I've prayed about this over the last eight to nine months, the greatest vision I can give you is my own personal vision for myself is that I want to know truth and I want to communicate it in a way contemporary people understand it. Now how do we do that as a church? 
So begin to pray big, begin to dream big, begin to ask God for big things. How do we grow? How do we go? How do we give? What I'm going to do now, and I'm, see, I told you it was a short thing this morning. I'm very passionate, and I'm praying that God is going to do something big in our church. And that might not be numerically, but what I'd love to see happen is that we become the first church, maybe in a long time, that says we want to be and. Y'all with me on that? We want to be and. We want to come and see, and then we want to go and tell. Let's be and. How do you dream of that happening? I want to introduce you to Scott Bates. He is uh, our youngest elder. Uh, <laughs> and uh, he is going to pray for us. Uh, he has been with us since the beginning. Scott, um, Scott and I actually grew up together, um, and, and so I've known him for a long time. He knows all my secrets, and I, but I know his, too. So, uh, and so uh, uh, he, I had not seen Scott in probably 15 years, and the first worship service we had at River Hills, I was a guy who had balded. Looked like Scott Bates sitting in the back. <laughs> and so him and his wife, Lindsay, are here, and they're awesome. And uh, he's going to lead us in some prayers. We pray for God to do these things. So you guys would pray with us as we pray specifically for God to help us dream big. Scott. I mean, you all heard Chip say he wasn't going to preach, right? We knew better than that. So um, if, if you'll pray with me, I'm going to pray. I mean, we'd be remiss. We hear all these incredible things um, if we don't ask God to lead us out in these things, then they'll fail. And so if you'll just help me pray through this give, grow, and go theme, I'll just take a minute to do that. Lord, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the vision. And we just pray that you would be the author and the leader and the enabler of all these things we ask. God, in Ecclesiastes, you say one person gives freely yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly but comes to poverty. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Lord, we, we pray that we would be a church of givers, not just of money, but of time, of energy, of just passion for your kingdom. Just let us be a church that is generous. God, you also tell us that we should move beyond elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity. Lord, not just maturity in age, in years, but maturity in our understanding of you and falling more in love with what you want for us and what you want for um, the people that you put in our lives. And God, you tell us not to be ashamed of the gospel because it's your power for the salvation for everybody who believes, first for the Jew and then for the Gentile. God, you have people in our lives right now that need to know you. Um, if we believe you're big... And if we truly believe that we're a miracle, that we know you and that you've changed our life, then shame on us if, if we don't share that with other people. God, just make us a church that when people see us, they don't celebrate us, they don't celebrate the things we've done, but they celebrate the fact that God must be big there. And we just thank you for a chance to speak of those things, but we look forward to seeing you do those things. And we ask all these in your name. Amen. My name is Megan Farmer, and I'm excited to share with you my experience with missions, my go-and-tell moment. This past winter, I feel that I answered the call that God placed on my heart and made the decision to travel to Haiti with our team. I was ready to serve God in a place that I knew would be unfamiliar and out of my normal. We arrived in Port-au-Prince and stayed within the Hosanna Tabernacle de la Grace community. 
Pastor Steve and Esther, the leaders of that community, welcomed us into their home and treated us like family. We were definitely out of our normal, and they made us feel comfortable. They made us find peace in an unfamiliar place. We stayed in Haiti for eight days, and each member of our team brought their area of passion and expertise. We led different workshops, vacation Bible school, provided food to the community, and simply grew together as a team. I really want to share with you guys one of the most awe-inspiring experiences I've ever had. The entire mission was incredible, but this instant really resonated with my heart, and it's something that I think about often. One night after vacation Bible school with over 100 children, we spent some time hanging out with them. All of a sudden, it started to rain, and man, did it rain. When it started, the kids, with their arms around us, wanted to run out and play in the storm. And for those of you that know me, I'm just a little bit particular about my appearance. Okay, I'm a lot a bit particular about my appearance, so I wasn't excited about running out in the rain. And just so you know, during that week, this was definitely out of my normal. I didn't dry my hair or use a straightener one time. <laughs> so that is a big deal for me. Um, I, so again, I wasn't excited about getting my already disheveled hair wet. But it really became a humbling moment for me because I felt extreme joy just overwhelm me. I looked at the kids, and they looked at me. They were tugging on me. They were loving on me. They had their arms around me, and we just decided to let everything go and run out in the rain. And again, it was a downpour. We let go of our fear, and we found joy in the midst of the downpour. The kids didn't care about my appearance. They didn't know what was normal to me. They looked at me as someone to love on and just find extreme gladness with in that moment. After that, we all shared a spontaneous time of worship together. One of the members of the Haiti worship team played aloud a song called I Surrender. And one of the lines of that song is, like a mighty storm, stir within my soul. Lord, have your way with me. The Lord was definitely stirring in my soul, in my heart, in that moment. I looked around and, not, and saw not two different races, but one body of Christ, worshiping the same God who provides the rain, the same God who loves us, the same God who desires for us to serve him together. It was incredible. It was a sweet reminder that any mission, whether it be local or overseas, is going to cause you to step out of your normal. You may get your hair wet, but it'll dry. You may do things that you don't normally do, but I can guarantee that you'll be forever changed and you'll be blessed. Go and tell. Give love as Christ loves us. And right now, I'd like to share that song with you guys, I Surrender. And I'm um, sorry, I guess the pictures have been playing. These are just moments captured during that time. So I'm super excited to share this with you. <laughs> 